Hour number three. Let's go, baby. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. We welcome you back. Hour number three presented by Moppin Roofing and Construction. They got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call. 405-703-3843. Moppin Roofing, a full-service company, family-owned and operated with over 35 years of experience so you can trust the insurance specialist that can help with fire and flood remediation work, fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Again, that is Moppin' Roofing, bringing us our number three right here of the Plank Show. Dirty Santa, is that what you were trying to come up with? Uh, Dirty Santa, White Elephant, I think they're all kind of the same. Is, is White Elephant another name for Dirty Santa? Hold on, White Elephant to Christmas I mean, game. That also sounds like something that uh, in a seedy back alley you it might does. ask for. I found it's a official White Elephant gift exchange. It's a popular Christmas event where people vie to walk away with the best present. It also goes by Yankee Swap, Dirty Santa, and a plethora of I've other I've heard names. you say Yankee Swap before. I believe so. I've been a part of all of them. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking of a Seinfeld episode where Elaine says Yankee Swap. Maybe she does. Maybe she does. That's good. I'll have to dig. Sounds like an you. East Coast type of thing, right? It does. Hey, did you, by the way, real quick, before you hit this text, did you see the uh, breaking portal news? What what happened? Gunner Gundy's in the portal. Oh, really? Yeah. be a weird conversation. What do you think, Dad? Okay, son, I'm... You're not going to play here, so... I can play here. <laughs> Gunner Gundy in the portal. All right. Uh, anyway, let's get to the text. Wish him uh, well. He was a really good quarterback at Stillwater High. He was. He was fun to watch. Uh, to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That's where you can chime in as well. Out of the 405, thoughts on Texas A&M hiring K-State's Colin Klein as the new OC. That's two years in a row where you see kind of a legacy slash legend. Tommy Reese last year from Notre Dame go to Alabama. And this year with Colin Klein leaving Kansas State for AM. I would have to assume it's a money grab. I mean, that sounds terrible to say, but well, I mean, he's money be making and, a lot of money. Money and chance to climb the coaching ranks. If he's look, if he's very successful in the SEC with AM with Elko, he's going to be the next top head coaching candidate. That's actually a really good point. And, and he's young. He's 34. And, and he was already sort of that guy, but, I mean, Kleiman might go another 15 years at Kansas State if he wants to stay there. So this sets it up to where, I mean, do you want to wait and wait and wait until you're 50 to be the head coach at Kansas State? Or are you more interested in taking a gamble, climbing the ranks right now potentially, and uh, in being the next hot name? Because they had – an incredible year offensively mm-hmm. at K-State this season and last yeah. year, you know, b- before it was pretty good. Now. Does this mean Will Howard in College Station? It could mean just that. And that would be a, a nice be uh, fit. I-, I would imagine he's not trying to raid the coffers of Manhattan, but, uh, I mean, Avery? Uh, Avery Johnson, are they worried about him going to College Station? I'm sure Kansas State fans are feeling some sort of way about this, but – can you imagine, as a 34-year-old offensive coordinator, Kansas State, again, no offense to Kansas State, probably doesn't have the resources that Texas A&M has. And you could go to a booster and say, listen, the only reason this quarterback isn't coming here is because he's getting a million five there 
can we get them up to two or 2.5? Yeah, man, whatever you need. <laughs> right? You basically, and I know what I'm talking about. It's supposed to be illegal, but buck, come on. How about, I mean, you have a lot of K-State friends. They got to be feeling some sort of way, right? They were very hopeful that the donors and support at Kansas State was going to be able to drum up the right type of financial package to keep Colin Klein in tow and to attract him with the idea that down the road he might be the head coach. And uh, ultimately, they might have had the number in place to come close to matching or outright matching A&M and the opportunity, the resources at your disposal at A&M. That's tough to turn down. No, it really is. It really is. All right, where you, where you want to go next? What What's next on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? Just curious your guys' opinion. Is recruiting getting less and less important with the portal? Would it be better to put more money in portal and less in high school recruiting? Thoughts? I don't think high school recruiting is any less important. But I think your money should be positioned to, A, get established guys out of the portal that you think could be instant impact guys, and, B, then securing those dudes like the Jackson Arnolds, the Peyton Bowens, Nick Andersons, you know, this, uh, I'm just using Oklahoma as an example, these guys that you, you want to keep around. So that way I'm not out breaking the bank to try to get little Johnny Peppercorn out of Walitka or Wewoka, right, Trev, to come play for Oklahoma. They know that when they come here and they have success, that there's money that's going to be waiting. And I and I honestly, guys, I think that's how Oklahoma has been positioning things. I think that in in my understanding of NIL, there's not like a bag being dropped for a David Stone. There's the understanding that you're going to make some money right now, but here's where you can really make some money: is you come in, produce, produce, and there's going to be there's going to be more for you. Uh, and I like it. I think that's how all NIL deals, collective deals, should be set up. I don't like the idea of bidding wars for high school seniors. I get it. It's going to happen. It should happen it, in it, some instances, but I don't like it. It's uh, going to be interesting to watch across the country those middle to late round guys. And we've talked about this with Dylan Gabriel, but I'm talking, you know, linebackers, safeties, corners at uh, all sorts of different programs. I think that's where a lot of the NIL spending will be. Not not necessarily at a place like Oklahoma, but across the country where if I've got a proven playmaker at backer or at safety, I'm I'm going to spend a lot sure. of cash to try and convince him not to go be a third-round or fourth-round draft pick. I agree. All right, let's hit a couple more of these texts real quick before we get to Bama Tom. And by the way, Roger Kish. We get a lot of people want to talk more wrestling. Roger Kish is coming up in exactly five minutes. Great. We had Toby call wee-wee-wee and now possibly woo-woo-woo. <laughs> that is... That is my understanding, just so we're very clear, of what the pronunciation guide had for Fabechi Wiwu, the offensive lineman out of North Texas. Oh, he blocked it up. Woo, woo, woo. Wee, woo, woo, woo. Who is joined by Spencer Brown out of Michigan State, Gino Vandemark out of Michigan State, 
and Jalen Farmer out of Florida as the four offensive linemen that Oklahoma has reached out to in the portal. So you are saying that we're wooing that dude. I am saying that, Jesse G. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, and let me hit one more before Bama Tom here, because I did like these two from the nine. I say one more. I like the one from the 918, and I like the one from the 405. Uh, Sooner Harjo from Section 19 writes, if we're not going to fix the transfer portal, then let's make the student-athletes sign multi-year contracts that include buyout clauses. Okay, I mean, again, we're getting into a whole nother world sooner, Harjo, to where that's then they're going to have a union and you're going to have a player's union and then you're going to have a uh, – it's it's professional sports. Don't you find it fascinating? Which that, might be where we're heading. Don't you find it fascinating that we're three, four years into this thing pretty seriously, right, whatever the number is, and – we really don't know anything about name, image, likeness. We don't know what the deals look like. We don't know if there are buyout clauses. I mean, who is – I'm not going to toss my big uh, Jay Journo hat on, but who's reporting on this stuff? Is anybody finding this information out? Is anybody trying? Is Because none of it's public, right? I Billy it, Bowman, show me your tax returns, right? <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's like the ring from Lord of the Rings. It's keep it secret, keep it safe. Nobody talks. Early on, there was complaints about guys not getting paid. And it's wild because when you hear the NCAA talk about NIL and then when you hear the Greg Sankeys talk about NIL, that tends to be their number one conversation piece is guys getting paid. Um, oh, Do we have another edition? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got one more text? Oh, yeah, one more I wanted to get to here real quick. To Jeff. You got Jeff from OKC? Jeff from OKC. Yes. Hit me up. What's he say? Would you all see this news from the NCAA create a whole new league in college football where schools in this new tier play each other for their own national championship? Um, I think that's inevitably what some feel like would happen. I mean, in this new tier, it would be a whole new world. It would be completely different. It would be another tier battling. It would that. I think everyone would still have a seat at the table, right? Because they still want to try to create that fairness, and maybe there would be one or two spots. But yeah, I mean, we were looking at it yesterday. How many? How many teams from the twelve team? That that tier is going to be Big Twelve, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, right? But even in it, the Big Ten and the and the SEC might be the only two that can really truly afford it. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be in their own right. So that, everybody else will be like yeah. minor leagues. Um, that's why Andy Staples thing about, oh, they're all going to play each other and it's its own subdivision. No, it's not. The Big Ten and SEC aren't going to share the wealth with the Big 12 and ACC. Absolutely not. I, we got we to gotta break, but I want to get these two things in. Uh, the boss man, Brian Vineyard, just sent this. Uh, this was a text from Jason Belzer who said, to student athletes, you're free to enter the portal, but if you breach a contract with a collective, don't be surprised when one – you don't get your agreement paid out, or two, you get sued when you don't fulfill your deliverables. Adult decisions, adult consequences. Yeah. And then my one of my buddies, Brett Rowe, who I haven't, t- I miss you, Brett. I hope you're well. He writes, um, seeing the Kale Gundy thing made me, or the Gunner Gundy thing made me think: Do colleges bring these guys in to work them out if they don't have a very big data set to go off of? If they're looking for DBs or running backs, do they bring them together to work them out? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, just a great question. 
I don't think they do. I don't think they can. I mean, imagine if you bring a guy in on a trip and he tears his ACL while he's doing a workout for you. I mean, that's a great question, man. Because in the NFL, there's the practice squad guys that are constantly going from school, to, uh, from team to team. Ask Teddy about the practice squad well, life, man, and, and the tryouts. And, and trades don't go through, right, unless no. the medical's clear. All right. Listen, Bama Tom, I'm sorry. We got a yeah. break. We got a break. I, I'll try to get to you on the flip side if you can hang in there. If not, we'll get to the phone to the bottom of the hour. OU Wrestling Coach Roger Kish coming up on the ref. I'm really pumped to welcome in our next guest. He is the first-year wrestling coach at the University of Oklahoma. Roger Kish joins us uh, off to a really solid start, Coach, first and foremost. Thanks for joining us on the program. Uh, What a bounce back for this team this weekend, too. Kind of take me through what stood out and what's caught your eye through uh, some dual action this year and seeing your guys in some uh, tournaments as well. How do you feel like the squad's coming together? Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on here and uh, really excited for – you know what's going on with uh, Oklahoma wrestling. Uh, I, I tell you what, it was uh, it was an interesting week, and, and I believe as we're still getting uh, to know our athletes and how they compete and the mindset that they approach competition, uh, we as coaches are still learning how to best uh, you know coach them and best prepare them for for competition. So it's really a you know a, an aspect that that we're continuing to work on and build on with our with our wrestlers. So it was really nice to see. Uh, our guys go out last week and compete against uh, a really talented Missouri squad uh, and, and, and have some, some struggles early on and then be able to turn around against, uh, again, a very good West Virginia team, be able to bounce back, make adjustments, and uh, see, uh, see the uh, type of enthusiasm and confidence that these guys continue to pursue. I think it's been really fun. So, yeah, we're really, we're really happy with the progress that we've made in a short amount of time, the relationships that have been established. And uh, just that, that uh, you know, identity that we're continuing to, to establish and create within our, our own group here. So it's been a lot of fun. But, yeah, really, really excited. I've been uh, – I've had a blast. Uh, I got a chance to call the, the uh, North Dakota State match. I know that's a uh-huh. couple weeks ago. But what – as you wrapped up, as you finished that, and that was a really dominating win and a solid performance, what were the emotions yeah. like going up against your former team? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked. Now, it, you know, it's always it's always bittersweet. Uh, is is I got a soft spot for every every one of those athletes uh, up at North Dakota State. I, I recruited every guy that stood on the mat uh, for the Bison mm-hmm. here a couple weeks back. Uh, you know, and and I, I certainly want to see those guys uh, have success here down the road and, and wish them the best in, in their efforts. Uh, but at the end of the day, my uh, my excitement is is right here in Oklahoma with the, the group of guys that we have, this team, this squad. We've worked a lot uh, uh, on, on building those relationships and the rapport with our, our athletes and our coaches. And it's been, it's been fun to kind of see it start to manifest into successes in different areas of our, our wrestling and our game and in the culture that we are working hard to establish here. So really happy, really excited. I think it's, it's, we're well on our way to, to, to have a ton of success here down the road. We're really fired up. I, I want to talk about some individuals, uh, and and one of those that really, yeah. you know, a lot of times these these uh, duels will start at one twenty five, and I know uh, I know that it was tough for Conrad Hendrickson against Noah Certain at Missouri, but yeah. it seemed like he bounced back in a good way. What what have you kind of seen from him and his in his progression, and kind of how he's attacked things at one twenty five for you? Yeah, well, I tell you what, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, a month ago you uh, 
we would have necessarily planned on him, uh, you know, wrestling uh, to the extent that he's been competing here for us, but wow. he stepped up when the team needed him. And, and it's really impressive to see a kid like this uh, step up and, and wrestle with the style and the enthusiasm and confidence that we're seeing out of him. And hard to do for such a young kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a freshman here for us, he's really, he's really stepped up in a big way to, to be a leader in our lightweights, uh, to come on out to set the tone for matches and his style of wrestling and, and how he approaches uh you know, his, his own identity for the sport is, is something that is, is really exciting for fans. But not only that, it, it helps uh, fire up his teammates. How he wrestles, how he competes uh, out there is, is inspiring for his team to say, hey, I, I want to go out and wrestle at that pace and at that level and, and with that type of uh, endurance and energy and, and, and confidence. And he's been able to possess that for this team, and it's really helped get uh, get this Sooner squad off uh, in many of our duels as we get going. So really happy, really proud of him. He's uh, he's going to have a really, really bright future. Yeah, and, and it's such a unique like body type, right? It's such a unique base. Uh, and yeah. what is he? Third third year freshman? Is that walked on for a year? He's on his, is, is that right in his third year? He's a freshman still? No, no, oh, okay. no. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. I know he did take a gap year uh, right, okay. in high school and college. He had a gap year. Uh, trying to figure out what he wanted out of out of college wrestling. Gotcha. And uh, you know, he he found some different places to train and, and meet some different uh, met some different folks along the way. But at the end of the day, you know, he's a Texas kid, and uh, so finding his way back uh, back to this area was I uh, was really important to him. So uh, you know, being able to use that gap here to, gotcha. to grow and mature, and then to be able to step in this lineup and. and Potentially look at red shirting. He in fact did not. And he's coming out and he's ready to wrestle, ready to compete. And uh, yeah, he's 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 the type of guy that's going to continue to grow and get better. So uh, keep an eye on him. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching him wrestle. How are you feeling right now about what you've got at 157? I know John Wiley wrestled against Missouri. I saw Jared Hill. I think Jared had made yep. his season debut against North Dakota State. How are you feeling right now at 157? Yeah, you know, I, I think we have two kids that uh, that have high level wrestling. Uh, in them and so just trying to find which guy is is going to be more consistent what guy is, is going to be free from injury or, or, or illness i know we kind of fought some some illnesses and some injuries with both guys uh you know from from the start of the season to, to current times so uh really just trying to find who's the healthiest who's the most confident and who's going to match up best with our opponents uh and and i believe as we get into some more open competitions as as we prepare for Reno and the Southern Scuffle, we're going to be able to get a little bit more clarity on on what guy is, is best prepared to, to step in and take over that weight class. So uh, time will tell. Uh, as of now, it's, it's uh, the, the leader of that group is, is based on health. It's based on, on matchups stylistically. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue to evaluate and, and make the best decision for, for the squad here as, as we get a little more uh, tournament action. Yeah, it's a good bounce back for uh, John against West Virginia. Yeah. This week, and I, I thought I didn't get a chance to watch him at 157, but I just I know he is a grinder. Speaking yeah. of guys who are who are grinders, uh, tell me about Moshe Schwartz and kind of what you've seen in him and what made made him just a slam dunk to want to bring here to Oklahoma. Moshe Schwartz, yeah, what a what an exciting exciting kid he is. He's got an unorthodox style of wrestling, which makes which makes him very dangerous and very uncomfortable for his opponents to wrestle. Is is he's very he's very comfortable in, in positions you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't expect most individuals to be comfortable in, 
And uh, so he really uses that uh, to his advantage. He forces guys to wrestle in these uncomfortable positions, and uh, and there he's he's able to uh, take take advantage of them. And uh, you know, so he's been you know for from a coaching standpoint, being able to allow him the freedom and the, the creativity to continue to build and, and design his craft with the foundation of of uh, wrestling and, and some things that we we want to focus on. But uh, you know that that freedom allows him to be a little more creative. And uh, it, uh, it it makes him exciting. Now, as a coach, you know you're, you're always on the edge of your chair, waiting for you know the next position and hoping he, he's able to come out on top. Mm. But uh, at the end of the day, he's confident in himself, and that's the most important piece. And that's that's why he's been successful. Is he, he's confident. This week in Oklahoma is hosting Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Uh, we'll get to that that matchup, but you, you want to be a part of it. This team is fun. Uh, it's a great environment. There's a great show around yeah. it. Uh, so Sunday, 2 o'clock, you can get your tickets at Soonersports.com uh, slash tickets. I, I've been to, I went to the North Dakota State match, and I had a blast, and I'm going to go to every single one I possibly can because, Roger, this team is just so fun. But w- w- with that in mind, you, you still have things that you want to learn about this team. So, And like I said, I'm kind of learning your style, so if I ask about yeah. a guy that's injured or something, say, shut up, Plank. But uh-huh. I, I'm so enamored with Tate Piccolo. Maybe it's because he's an Oklahoma kid and had such, yeah. a, such a run, but things did not go well for him at, at Missouri. So how's his progression been so far, and is he still a guy that you think has unbelievable uh, potential and an unlimited ceiling with your program? Yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, a guy like Tate Piccolo has an unbelievable amount of talent. His his natural gifts, his athleticism and explosiveness, and, and his flexibility, uh, and you pair that with his knowledge of, of the sport and his wrestling IQ, uh, you got something special there. Now, uh, a guy like Tate, uh, at the end of the day, his his you know biggest challenge is making sure we can find the consistency. Uh, day in and day out to compete with, and, and that's the, the the aspect and element that we've been most focused on with Tate is to help him continue to build his confidence. Because if he's wrestling confident, he has the tools to to win at the highest level here, and I think that's something that we're continuing to to help him understand and help him grow as a young man. And, and uh, that's that's a that's a, an important aspect here for us. So uh, yeah, you know the, the Missouri duel I think is a great uh, indicator of. A uh, kind of a reality check for us, you know. It's maybe maybe we're not uh, where we thought we were, and uh, how do we how do we make the uh, improvements and the adjustments that immediately so we don't uh, we don't we don't find uh, you know a lack of success in areas where, where we should be we should be a little bit more competitive. Um, so you know one of those uh, one of those aspects that are continuing to improve on uh, for for Tate, but he has all the tools. He's going to be successful. And uh, again, just uh, another another guy that we're continuing to learn how to how to help be successful from a coaching standpoint, and, and making sure that he has all the tools uh, that he needs for success. And and at the end of the day, as long as he walks into a match confident, he'll be a hard guy to beat. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, you think about a dude that went to Michigan State and won his weight class, and yeah. uh, obviously, it's been a little bit of a, more of a challenge for him in the duel. Say, f- finally, before I ask about Oklahoma State, let, let's talk about Josh Heinzelman, who is. One of the best sure. heavyweights in the country. I mean, it took a top five guy to to actually beat him, and that was a heck of a match against Missouri. For yep. fans that haven't seen heavyweights go out, it this is a guy, big dude, Piedmont, Oklahoma product. But man, when he goes out there, he's always looking to put on a show. He is strong, country strong. <laughs> Josh Heinzman, yeah, he is certainly the epitome of, of Oklahoma wrestling. He is uh, 
you know, he's a hard worker with a great attitude. He's uh, he's a, a young man that we're continuing to just really, really find some clarity in, in who he wants to be as a as a wrestler and in the uh, you know just that uh, that aspect that that all these guys are trying to develop and find out a little bit more about themselves. And, you know, as we discuss what the what the culture is and what what our, our, our team's identity is, it really starts with the individual. And I think Josh is a great example of it. And it's you know who are who are we? Who do you want to be? And, uh, and and let's let's take let's take some time to to, to believe in it and develop a, a little bit of that that identity every single day. And for him, it's been an offensive uh, mindset. He wants to go out as a, as an upper weight, and he wants to go out and, and put uh, put attacks together, put scores on the board, and and create action, and he's been able to do that here uh, so far. So it's been a, a heavy confidence builder for him as, as he's, you know, one of our leaders in takedowns and tech falls and, and pins at this at this point, which is rare to say for an upper weight uh, traditionally. And so it's really provided him with a lot of confidence, uh, especially as we're going into a, a really exciting duel this weekend. And, and you mentioned it. We need a great crowd out there on Sunday yeah. at 2 o'clock, don't we? It's uh, – it's important, right? It's mm. bedlam. We want to go out. We want to continue to to, to bring as many fans and in, in, in wrestling, get the wrestling community and the the, the stakeholders of, of our great sport here, uh, get them out, put them in the stands, and uh, we we certainly expect to have a great, exciting match with the Cowboys here Sunday afternoon. Can't wait, Coach. I know I kept you a little bit long. I always appreciate your time, and we'll have to do this again more often. I like it. I appreciate you guys. Later, Coach Kish. Roger Kish. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam Wrestling, Sunday, excuse me, 2 o'clock. We're pretty good, Josh. I I had, you know, and the the people who bring us our countdown clock, Chick-fil-A over at 12th and Alameda. Uh, Chick-fil-A, great for watch parties. I need to reset the countdown clock. Maybe I'll set the countdown clock to wrestling. 405-310-3189, that 12th and Alameda location. Uh former OU wrestler, also a West Point guy that runs this show over there. So uh, I am, uh, I'm a big wrestling fan. I always wanted to wrestle whenever I was younger, but I was too soft. So thanks to Roger Kish for finding time for us. Get your tickets, Soonersports.com slash tickets. Uh, I was at that North Dakota State match. It was great. It's electric. There's uh, tons of information informing you and educating you on everything that happens. There's a cool video beforehand that says, all right, new to wrestling, here's what you need to know. And there is nobody, and I mean nobody, Josh, that knows that sport better than the PA announcer for wrestling. I mean, it is spot on. So we'll see you Tuesday inside McCaslin. Hey, what do you say we do an abbreviated version of the top five stories of the day coming up next? With Josh Elmer, I'm Chris Plank. It's the ref. Dude, Tim Kish, Roger Kish was awesome. I, I've done that about five or six times. That's going to be really hard to avoid. And it's happened. It, ha- it didn't happen on the broadcast. It happened uh, during the podcast with Toby the other day and just now. So <laughs> Tim Kish, of course, was a linebacker's coach for several years here at OU. Every time you mention Coach Kish. It, uh, right. The, my mind's eye is like, oh, yeah, Coach Kish. Uh, Jim and Arlington tagged us on this, and it bears uh, bringing up. But just because we got a couple calls we want to get to and a lot of text. But Mike McCarthy – experienced abdominal pain this morning he's been diagnosed with appendicitis he is scheduled to undergo surgery later today oh my gosh the Cowboys still expect him to coach on Sunday night (laughs) but let me tell you something I have uh, not had appendicitis yet I know it's probably coming at some point 
You got to remember, I'm going to be out for like a week when that happens. You just prepare yourself. I'm living that up for all I can. But uh, Milk it in for all it's worth. Soak it on in for all it's worth. Get well, Mike McCarthy. All right. Uh, Bamba Tom has been incredibly patient if he's still hanging in there. His team's going to the playoffs. Hey. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Um, it, on an absurd note, wouldn't it be hilarious that if you go to the transfer portal, you enter a lottery, and now with the 25th pick, Liberty <laughs> picks Dylan Gabriel from the random transfer portal Ooh. with $150 NIL money guaranteed. I like the, the way you're thinking. Selection, the next selection randomly drawn is Southern Myth. They're on the clock now. <laughs> I bet that would eliminate the transfer portal overnight. <laughs> um, the other thing is on this NIL, it, as, a, as a trial lawyer for 31 years, this is real easy. You can contract for anything legal and ethical. You contract saying you get your NIL if you play so many games or you're on the roster. And then if by the transfer portal time you enter the transfer portal again, then your NIL is immediately effectively terminated. I mean, it's real easy to contract around this stuff for all the parameters that you're given. So uh, you shouldn't give a kid $1.5 million and then expect them, you know, just, I hope you stay. No, no. It's a, and then the other thing is why not have, on a, on a realistic note, why not have a transfer portal draft? Seriously. I mean, with NIL and everything else, why not have a transfer portal draft and say we're on the board and these are the, we're going to submit the, or we're going to submit these offers, you know, Dylan Gabriel's up. He's got offers from Mississippi, Mississippi State, Oregon, and on the, and just make it are there two transfer portal dates or just yes, one now? Yes, there's two. There's two. There's yeah, one I think now. There should only be one and it should be for one week. Uh, you know, I don't know when during the year would be the best time, but um, there should be one week. And why not just institute almost a draft? Because this is almost semi-pro ball now. If you go to OU or Michigan or Bama, you are not just a pure student athlete. You're like semi-pro if you're playing at OU or Bama or Texas or something. Don't you think? No, I, I, like, I like your idea. I like your idea. So uh, the other thing is my Bama team totally lucked out. We beat Georgia. We were lucky to beat Auburn, although we should have beat them by three touchdowns. That has been called back. But um, um, Florida State, the problem with Florida State not getting in is that what can happen on one side of the coin can happen to you. So if I was on the other end and Milrow got hurt, would I want – Bama not to get in because their quarterback is hurt, and the answer is hell no. The other thing is we didn't take care of business. You don't lose to a Big 12 team in Tuscaloosa by 10 points or more and look horrible doing it. We had our shots. So this is Lanyap, as the Cajuns would say. I'm more than blessed. But don't think for a moment that Bama Tom and the Bama Tom family is thinking, oh, we totally deserve this. Florida State or Texas shouldn't have been in. So, yeah. just to be clear on that. Thanks, Bama Tom. Appreciate your phone call. Anyway, roll tide. I'm out. <laughs> we did not deserve to be in this. I just want you guys to know that. Roll tide later. But roll tide. See you guys later. We'll still take that championship when we win it. Yeah, that's the but, – but, again, as I've talked about a lot, like in a great movie, you know what I haven't used as a great movie? What is it, Usual Suspects? When you look back – and there's that very end part wherever the guy puts it together. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. I think it came out in 94. 
but where he started, things started to pop together, and and Kevin Spacey starts walking normal, and you realize oh, he's Kaiser Sose. Yeah, right? surprise. That should have been our moment during the fourteen playoff. Great movie, by the way. I might go home and watch it. Um, what am I talking about? We're putting up Christmas decorations. I'm going to go fall off my roof just for fun. <laughs> you get to decorate the whole house? I've already done the lights. I'm the I'm done. I'm nice. Done. So, so you do decorate the house? Then, well, with oh, lights. Dude, are you kidding me? You don't pay somebody to do it. Teddy had the greatest line on that because he said, "I know if I do it myself, that gutter is going to be ripped off and thrown halfway across the yard if I do it." So pay somebody. Pay somebody. I do it though. I have a. I, it takes me thirty minutes tops. And I'm is done. that it? Yeah. I've I've lived in this house for three years now. I have You've a, got the formula. I've got a formula down. And that's a nice little 30-minute podcast window for you. You know what, though? It took me a little bit longer because I think that I realized that as long as I said I'm on the roof and I'm working, you're, no one's going to bother me. You're in the clear, man. I think I watched a football game up there. I think I watched the Brilliant. noon session on Sunday. That's like, me. I'd get, I'd get busted sitting there looking I, at the I'm going to be on the roof for a while, guys. And I'm like, These lights. It's crazy As up long here. as you come back with the lights done, you're probably in the clear. There was a point where it was like it was the fourth quarter of the game. I was like, oh, i got to finish this up. Um, but you go back and you see all those Easter eggs, right? And it's, huh? He made sure to know that we understood it's the four best, not the four most deserving. Huh? They dropped Florida State the moment they lost Travis, uh, Jordan Travis, right? Now they wanted to tell you that it was all about Washington, but was it really? It just stinks for them. It's so I hate it. It's, it's so, so hard dumb. to have an undefeated season. In major Power Five football, they did, and they they get punished. Hey, count me amongst the group that thinks that it's more impressive that they won a game with a backup quarterback and a third string quarterback twice. But I also, I'm not going to complain about the matchups we have. No, I mean from a viewership I, standpoint, they got it right. But. I did not want to see Tate Rodemaker trying to play against that Michigan defense. And I think this was a total move to justify the 12-team playoff. Absolutely. All right, USC Brian, you get the last word on the phones today. What's going on, USC Brian? You know it's always good in the neighborhood, but not today. Uh-oh. You know, I have I have relegated, been relegated to the fact is when I grew up in this state, uh, there used to be some nice people who – a person's word were their bond, and mm-hmm. they treated people the way that they wanted to be treated. Now, all that, all that I see, except for a few, you, you're you're in this group. Thank you, Brian. That that are hypocrites. I mean, truly, dyed in the wool, hundred percent all beef patty hypocrites. You know, people can talk about people when when they may be coach of a team and they decide that they get a, a better deal. And they go and go to greener pastures, but they talk about them like they just killed killed eighty seven people. Or you've got a you've got a player who want, doesn't want to play for a team anymore, and he wants to go to another team because he might have a chance to win a title. That man has ran out of out of town on a rail. He has a restaurant. The restaurant is so maligned until he ended up having to close the restaurant, which he had no intentions on doing because. He he tried to have roots here, but because he wanted to better himself and he felt like he couldn't do it here, he had to leave. But, You're talking about Kevin Durant, by the way. Right? Of course. Okay. Yeah. But my biggest problem is a person can be playing with the same said team 
and allegedly has an, uh, a relationship with a young child, and yet nothing is said, everything is swept under the rug, and when Gloria Allred comes after you, she ain't playing. She knows there's some, there's some blood in the water, and she's going to get all the money she want to get, and hey, I'm more, more power to her. But to me, if you, if playing for a team and a championship is more important than having good character, I have a serious problem with that. I really do. You know, uh, you know, take, take, uh, you know, I can take my teams out of it, take my love of sports out of it. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And I'm so damn tired of people playing that role that, if you're not down with this, if you're not down with this team, win or lose, you're going you're going to lose your life. Ride or die. Give me, yeah. Give me a break. So, brother, I, I'm I'm just I'm just perplexed right now. I, I I have lost all hope in the human race because there is so many people out here playing playing three dollar games <laughs> and 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 want uh, million dollar prizes. It does not make sense, you know. It really doesn't, you know. I, I'd rather I'd rather deal, deal with an old beard than a young mustache. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just not I'm just not into it anymore. So please explain to me what the hell's going on. Yeah, you know, um, and I appreciate the phone call, USC Brian. We have not spent a ton of time on the Josh Giddy story, and. I, I've said this many times. You and I both feel he should not be playing. I'm shocked he's playing. Until now, the investigation concludes. Right. It's Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are going to turn a, a blind eye to it because they're winning. There's people like me that realize when I was Josh Giddy's age, my wife was 13. So, now we weren't dating. <laughs> <laughs> Please make that very clear. I'm six years older than my wife, right? So there's age gaps. But, you know, it's just... Appropriate and inappropriate. It's at that certain time of life. If 19-year-old Chris Plank was trolling Edison High School to try to... And I guess it, she wouldn't even be in high school yet. That's a problem. I don't care about the age of consent in Oklahoma being 16, okay? I mean, all these things that you see certain people that try to... What's the word? Justify this? Mm. I don't think. And and listen to Josh Giddy's credit. All right, of all the things that happened, he and everyone's like, but well, he went straight and told him. Well, that's even worse that he's still playing to me, right? As soon as this gets out and it's, bro, she's like fifteen. Then I think our sixteen, whatever, we got a problem. So it's not been a topic on this show. Only because we have so much OU football and so much OU basketball and portal to talk about. But I think the official stance is that I'm very surprised he's playing. Sure. And I don't think he should. And, and until they get it figured out. Innocent, and when they do, great. Innocent until proven guilty, on and on and on. The ramifications attached to it, you and I both feel it's uh, it's been a mistake that he's continued to play. From I the agree. organization's standpoint. Uh, what did Gary Delabate say? A bit of a stumble? Yeah, f- but that one, you know, obviously didn't age as well. I think that was a uh, a bit of a stumble. No, 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 Kelly. No, listen. When I was nineteen, I was just saying there's a six year age gap. What is Giddy? Twenty, twenty one years old now. I think he's twenty one. Yeah. So I mean, I I look at him like, ugh, 
my wife was 15 when I was 21. But I wasn't out trolling Edison no, High School. No, you didn't meet your wife until much later. Until I was 30, Josh. 30 is when I met my wife. Do you know how skinny I was at 30? Oh, man. You know how much hair I had when I was 30? You were a very handsome 30-year-old. All right, Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts next. What do you want for your Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts? You want the OSSAA story, or do you want I mean, the Aaron Colvin-Henney story? I think we have to. Okay. It's the breaking news. Breaking news. Brought to news. us by uh, Wagner's, by the way. Uh, uh, Hallie Hart. Haley Hart. Haley Hart. I, I followed Haley. She never followed me back, so I had to unfollow her. Yeah, it's just by principle. Yeah, I'm sorry, Haley. You seem, uh, you seem like an incredible writer, and I always read your stuff, but had to unfollow when you don't follow back. That's only fair. Uh, the OSSAA Board of Directors approved an exception that allows one free transfer for any high school student who has established athletic eligibility at an initial school. The student won't have to sit out a year or move into the district. Then it it's not Isn't that kind of defeat the purpose of district lines and things of that nature? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to make that drop-off line at Washington schools a little bit more frustrating <laughs> for me. Just got just got a little more crowded. Every single morning. I mean, I guess it's I can as long as y'all aren't trying to move out there, I think I'm good with it, right? Now that you can just come here, I think I, I can stand that 10 freaking minutes while Sandy unloads all 86 of her kids out of the back of the truck. But that's interesting, man. That's interesting. It's obviously a massive departure for uh, high school athletics. Um, thanks for all of the great calls on the show today. Um, thanks to all of you for your texts. I did not check the text line after Brian's call. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Primrose Funeral Services brings you our final thoughts. Uh, pre-plan. Pre-plan. PrimroseFuneralServices.com. We'll see you back here from Cavens tomorrow on The Ref.